Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome back to the Toe Meets Leather Podcast. I'm Logan, and here with me today uh, from out in Texas, um, we've got Artem. So, hey, Artem, to start us off, I, I got a question because I heard, uh, I think, my new favorite insult over the weekend. Um, and I got a question for you. What's your favorite taunt slash insult uh, for a, during a sporting event? It's really a... Uh... It's really interesting. It's a it's a topic of conversation amongst Aggies because technically we don't do that. <laughs> oh, you're not <laughs> supposed not supposed to do that. We're not supposed to do that, and a lot of teams boo. Arkansas fan, fans booed before the game. Real weird, but um, we we hiss. Aggies hiss. Um, I like calling people douche canoe <laughs> every once in a while. Okay, because I always thought, I mean, I respect to the fan bases that can pull it off. Georgia Tech always gets really ornery, I guess, because we don't hold as much uh, prestige, I guess, to the sporting thing in general, because we're a bunch of nerds. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I always remember, get off your knees, ref, you're blowing the game, stuff like that. Um, I think, I was I was with, uh, I was watching the game with an NC State grad, uh, Ozzy, um, and uh, he said he said this, and I had never heard this before. He's like, "Man, Sam Howell just got shit on so hard he needs to call a plumber." And I was like, "Where did that come from?" <laughs> That's a good one too. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. So I, I've just been thinking about that all weekend. But no, it it you know. Sometimes, sometimes that's how it goes. I respect to the Texas A&M fan base for trying to be bigger than trying to be bigger than that. I can't speak for all Texas A&M fans, but that's a it's a good attitude to have. Oh, we were walking out the stadium. Some dude kicked a trash can. I had to be like, "Hey, man, just try to be better than the trailer trash we're around." Hmm. That's actually that's a pretty good that's a pretty good transition there. You did a good job with that one. Um, I mean, we we sat amongst the the Arkansas fans during the game, so I got a couple of new disses. Also, like, haven't been around many stadiums. I have a certain appreciation for some traditions. Like, the Mississippi State Cowboys sucks. It's so freaking annoying. But it's a good strategy. Arkansas does not have any of that. They do, ooh, pig suey, and then that's it. They spell hog like five times. So, anyway. Well, and I think some fan bases are just more inherently... Um, aggressive. Well, (laughs) educated. Yeah. Um, well, you know, like, uh, in the ACC, we deal with Miami fans. And I think, uh, those, when you think of college football fans, they come from all places. Miami fans are definitely some of the most, uh, fair weather. And a lot of them come from like the nineties when that program was more important than the NFL was in that area. So you just kind of get a lot of fans who basically treat it like a, you know, it's not like something that they need to be polite about. They just treat it like, you know, it's a sport and I can say whatever I want because fuck these guys. Uh, Maybe just me, but it seems like all Florida teams are very fair weather and trashy. Miami, Florida State, Florida... Florida, from my experience, Florida State, from what I've seen on TV. Uh, UCF, from what I've heard, is getting... I've heard UCF from you guys as well. That, that, that's almost all of Florida schools. USF? Uh, dude, I don't know. I I haven't ever been to a USF game that I can think of. I know we played them once, but I was not there. Uh, no. I can't speak to that. Um, I know FAU has a great band. Does that count? Uh, uh, we played FAU one time. Um, and FIU, they weren't bad. Yeah, now I can't claim to FIU's engineering uh, program. Apparently they built a bridge that collapsed or something. But anyway, <laughs> point being, uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think it's part of the game, but maybe given that it's kids out on the field for college, it probably doesn't hurt to like tone it down a bit. Um, anyway, so that was a, <laughs> that turned into a long-winded thing. Uh, this week we're coming off of week four um, with plenty of upsets. Let's go ahead and start with the big one. So the ACC is in total chaos. Um, I don't know about your perception, Artem, but frankly, I kind of love 
Um, the idea, I think a lot of people were like, oh, you're an ACC fan. You got to like want Clemson to be on top. And frankly, when I was in college, we were having this period where you never know, you never knew who was going to win the coastal and you never really knew who was going to win the Atlantic. It was just kind of a giant mess in the ACC. And frankly, I kind of love that. I mean, I could get upset about the fact that we don't have a top runner for the playoff spot, and that does kind of suck from a, um, you know, comp- you know, schools making money perspective. But you know, forget all those schools making money. I, I'm just in it for the college athletics, and I think it's fun to know that anybody could be in this now. With UNC losing to Georgia Tech, Clemson losing to NC State, Wake Forest is undefeated. This is just such a weird situation to be in but anyway artem as someone outside of the conference what are your thoughts uh watching clemson finally go down last week i think um we're all winning well we were all winners when clemson went down uh and no no offense to clemson but um i I think one of the big news things as of uh a couple days before the game or uh, before saturday for all the games was that um the board had voted against expanding the playoff. Uh, they were going to expand it to, I believe, 12 spots. And they voted against it because they said, oh, we don't want more uh, SEC teams going in. And then the biggest one that's the most popular one is the commissioner of the Pac-12 said he didn't want to diminish the prestige of the Rose Bowl. And so... <laughs> Whatever. Company, I don't know if these were jokes or not. Whatever uh, that means. Yeah, sheesh. They were like, hold up. <laughs> Can we expand it? Our, our best team's got two losses. <laughs> can, we, can we still expand it? Can we do that? So that's what I mean by I think everybody's a winner. I think uh, expanding the playoff is the next step. It's going to happen, uh, whether some people fight it or not. So, um, and, I, and I think it gives more teams chances, right? Everybody's tired of watching Clemson and Alabama. And it may still be Clemson and Alabama in this year's playoffs still, right? But... Uh, 12 teams is just more fun to watch. You get like teams like Cincinnati in there. You get tired of watching Notre Dame. Cool. You can see UNC in there as the second uh, ACC team. So uh, watching them lose was uh, was interesting, um, definitely. And honestly, the more interesting game was UNC Georgia Tech because we had we had done a cast a couple weeks ago and you guys were like, uh, no hope. And and then I saw the score and I'm like, hmm. This is kind of weird. What's going on? <laughs> I'll be honest. That was kind of my reaction the entire game was just like, what actually is happening? Like, I don't know if you had the ability to watch that game because I know it's on the ACC network and that makes things a little more complicated depending on if you aren't if you have Comcast or whatever. But anyway, yeah. like We bought Red, we bought Red Zone, so we get ACC now. So, yeah, but we had like two sacks – on the year going into that game and both of them were against Kennesaw state. And then like out of nowhere, we've got eight sacks against UNC. And it's like, I was just like, I was so thoroughly confused. This is a team where we know they are bigger than us on the O line. And yet we're pushing these guys around. And I don't know if that's just UNC being completely lost or if we finally figured something out. Like, Yates wasn't working, who was the quarterback we had put in in place of Sims, because he had really struggled and probably cost us the NIU game. Then Yates was having a hard time, so they put Sims back in, and he played lights out. It was, yeah, I mean, I don't I don't know what else to say. Sims looked like, like college Lamar Jackson out there. It was, uh, <laughs> I was, I, I didn't know what to think. I... I'm still very confused. Like I, I want wish it. we had a backup quarterback we could trade us. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it is weird because I keep, you know, I write for from the rumble seat, and we keep having this conversation. Like, you know, as much as we say, if you have two quarterbacks, you have none. In this case, it's more like we're just going to keep switching in whichever one works that week. And I'm like, I don't know if this is the right way to go about it, but apparently if it works, it works. I yeah, I don't know if it's gonna if we're gonna stay this consistent, but man, I'm just enjoying the fact that we did win a, a kind of a surprising game, even if UNC is a little underrated. Um, I mean, back to the initial topic though. I I will agree with your point. I think it's good for college football fans in general. I think in the long term, it will lead to the playoff expansion. Um, I don't know how long they're gonna try and fight that. 
Because I think really what it comes down to is uh, the SEC wants the expansion because they want the money in the near future. And I think the Big Ten, the ACC, and the Pac-12 are afraid of the implications of the SEC getting more money. And also there's some pretense about like, oh, we want a better TV deal. But like really it's it's about they're, they're worried that the SEC is going to get more power. Um, point Point being, though, like, if you look at the Big Ten, like, Ohio State already lost, um, and it wasn't a great look in that loss. They lost to Oregon, uh, and they've still got the bulk of their schedule going ahead, so who knows what happens if they lose another game. Clemson's pretty much out. They lost two games. Something really weird would have to happen. Um, so the you're, conference still, for some reason. <laughs> they could still make it. They could. I'm, I'm just saying it would have to be. It would have to be – you would have to really get a jump start from some some other conference falling apart. Uh, as far as far as the and other – This is the floor. Yeah. And the Big 12 only has two undefeated teams left and they're playing each other. Yeah, and uh, the Big 12 also uh, – I mean, Oklahoma hasn't looked great, so I don't know if they're even going to make it undefeated. So you've got a potential where you're looking at like <laughs> – Oregon and Alabama, and then two wild cards, probably Georgia and somebody else. I hate Texas saying that. Just kidding. Hey, you never know. <laughs> Fuck. I would. I struggle to figure out who the fourth team would be. Like it would probably be another team out of the Big Ten that I just can't think of right now. I I really don't want to say Michigan because then I'm gonna piss I'm gonna piss myself off. Maybe Penn State. State. Yeah, Michigan. Michigan State, possibly. I'm I'm actually kind of leaning toward Penn State, but I know that you're not a fan of that idea either. So, we'll see. Hey, they're playing well this year. Yeah, they're going good. I know you don't like the coach, but yeah. it's uh, So, it's interesting. I, I will say, I think it's good for college football fans in general because that's been the complaint over the past two or three years is it's like it's the same teams over and over and over again. Well, you're looking at a chance where you're going to have – Maybe three totally different teams from last year. I mean, Bama at this point still probably going to make it in. Um, they didn't look great against Florida, but they still won, and they're still up there. So, I mean, but if everything else continues to play out how it's been doing, you know, Oklahoma might be out. Clemson's probably out. Ohio State um, – will have to prove themselves, but they might be out. So, yeah, there's a there's a lot of change uh, in those spots. Uh, Notre Dame might be Ohio in. State lost, lose? Or, I keep hearing people talk about Ohio State. They, like they're going to drop out. But. They lost to Oregon. Well, outside of that. No, nah, not yet. No, they only lost one okay. game. But they've still got to go through Penn State, Michigan, and a few other teams. I, I don't know. i got to look that Sweet. up. It's going to be fun to watch. I, I'm actually kind of rooting for Penn State at this point, but uh, we'll see. I, I Frankly, I do like the change-up, and I do like different teams in the playoffs. So I'm excited to see what this means. From uh, from your perspective, I don't even know if you keep track of these things, but what do you feel like it means for the ACC as far as a contender? Are you still putting Clemson as a front-runner for that position, or are you thinking more like, Wake Forest or <laughs> Virginia Tech or some other program out of the ACC at this point. It's going to be fun to watch. I do like NC State in the way they've been playing. But you're right, Wake Forest, four wins straight, two conference wins. That's the team to watch between Wake Forest and might be Georgia Tech. I mean, <laughs> at, this, Tech. at this point, uh, I hate to say that because, it you know, expectations – get you burned but at this point anything's possible i think the realistic take is yeah wake forest uh is assuming they can keep it together the way they have been so far uh dave clausen up there has done some amazing things and i think especially on defense they've got enough talent to run uh the system as long as they can pull a few maybe a few upsets they should be good and those upsets are looking better and better based on our early performance this week so moving on to our next topic this one hits you a little closer to home so i think 
obviously there's a few big matchups next week. Uh, there's Ole Miss Alabama, which we've talked about before, and there's a few other ones. One I wanted to highlight, though, because I don't think anyone saw Arkansas being this good coming into the year. Um, Arkansas going up against UGA. So you, we like we talked about, you were at that game uh, in Dallas uh, watching Arkansas take on uh, your Aggies. Um, I know your Aggies fell short, and I think part of that had to do with the backup quarterback, Calzada. Uh, is it Colzada? Calzada. Colzada. Uh, we call him Calzone. <laughs> that works, too. But, yeah, I think um, I think at the end of the day, they still found a way to win. Uh, I guess coming out of that matchup, what is your opinion on Arkansas, and has it changed much from the start of the season? No, and I think they're about to get exposed. Um, there are two kind of credit wins right now are Texas A&M and Texas. And... So what you're saying is they can't beat anyone who isn't from the state of Texas. No, uh, one thing that's in common between both of those schools is that was Texas' second game. They were still figuring out who their quarterback was. And Texas is not very deep along the O-line or D-line. They were running three deep, I believe, on the D-line. And uh, that's very similar to Texas A&M. We had a backup quarterback who hadn't had a lot of playing experience uh, the offensive line, uh, we have one experienced starter and essentially two freshmen playing. Two true freshmen, and then one redshirt came in during the game. So, really, you know, for anybody who didn't watch the game, uh, Arkansas scored 20, uh, which is their lowest outing of the season, uh, less than half of what they usually scored the last three games. Uh, they scored uh, a field goal on their first drive. They scored a field goal on their last drive. They came off a questionable interception targeting call that probably should have been reviewed. But they got the ball to 50, drove it, kicked another field goal. That's six points right there. And their two touchdowns really came off uh, big plays where A&M just did a poor job of covering, pressing at the line against their best wide receiver, and uh, uh, a, a bad tackle play. Really, same guy. On bo- I think it was the same guy on both plays. Maybe it was the running back on the other one. But it was just poor, poor defense and two small cases, and they broke them for, for large touchdowns. So outside of those two big mistakes, they scored six points all night, and they could not throw the ball. Their quarterback could not complete some of the simplest screens to his tight end that were wide open. Um, so I, I'm very concerned for Arkansas because the hype is real for them. They were really hyped before the game, booing everybody, yelling stuff. Um, but I, I think they're about to get exposed here playing Georgia. Um, the difference is... The reason I talked about the offense for both Texas and A&M is uh, Odom is the defensive coordinator at Arkansas, and he does a fantastic job. And so the, the scheme he's running is a 3-5-3, a three, 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 I believe. So he's got three uh, defensive linemen, um, five DBs, and then three safeties, really. And against those five DBs, two are actually linebackers. And the coverage he plays forces you to complete either short or intermediate throws and slowly drive down the field. Uh, Jimbo talked about it in this press conference, but we had multiple deep balls called. They weren't there. The deep ball is not there at all. So now you're forcing a young offensive line with a quarterback who's barely inexperienced, both at Texas and Texas A&M, to play against the defense who's forcing you to make a play-by-play-by-play as you march down the field. And teams that don't have a lot of experience, uh, teams that are young on on their line and a quarterback spot are just not going to be able to do that well. And that's what we saw. Texas got destroyed because they couldn't stop the run. Uh, Their defense was very poor. uh, They're weak along the defensive line, and they they were running a three scheme, uh, and their linebackers just were in the right spot. We we were on a 4-2, 4-2-5, and then our linebackers are also inexperienced, so they give up a couple of big runs, but... Really, we, we pretty much shut them down for the rest of the game. We moved our one of our DBs around, and their big wide receiver was out for the rest of the game. Um, all that to say, Georgia is not this way. Georgia is experienced along both lines. They also run a much better defense and are much more talented defensively than we are. So what Georgia's going to do is they're going to stack the box, stop the run, and they're going to force you to throw. And I'm sorry, but 
that quarterback could not throw. And at one point, he yeah. got knocked out. They brought the backup in. I don't think he made a single throw. Well, just to just yeah, just to touch on your uh, point, uh, I looked up the stats. The guy threw 15 passes. He completed seven of them. So that's their starting quarterback right there. And 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 one of those uh, seven passes was the deep ball, where his their best player on the whole team caught the ball, and he beat our he beat our defensive back. Easy, easy six, seven yards. So oh, I don't think it, I don't think Georgia gives up that easy play. I think they stop them, and I don't think it's a close game. I will also make a note just because uh, I'm trying to look over all these stats right now. Arkansas. Six of the receptions went to one guy, Traylon Burks, who I assume was the guy who got the deep pass. That's their best guy, and he was good. That yeah. kid's going to the NFL. It might be a first rounder. But yeah, I mean, that's like it says a lot. It's like I don't think their quarterback is that talented. He's just throwing to the same guy over and over again, expecting him to get open. So yeah, I mean, I you know I, I make all this print since I do hate talking about Georgia in a positive light. But yeah, I mean, you're 100 percent right. All they got to do is. Stack the box and shut down the run. Um, and it, Georgia's offensive line is good. And J- Daniels has been in what a season and a half worth of games now, maybe more. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's a fair assessment. I mean, at Georgia, and then a full season at USC. Yeah, USC. Uh, yeah. So I mean, it's uh, it's going to be a tough one. I think the only thing that Arkansas can really hope is maybe if they just control the ball. I, I really don't know what to say about that. Because uh, they, they're going to need a couple of lucky things to fall their way if they're going to come out with it in this one. I will also say, though, they've got like seven running backs. It's ridiculous. Gosh. This Arkansas team's weird. But, yeah, so you don't see Arkansas continuing to contend uh, as the season goes on. This is pretty much their high point. Uh, the biggest thing about their offensive line is, is their experience. they got a bunch of transfers. And they're older gentlemen. So Pittman inherited a bunch of dudes from two different regimes and then brought in some of his own transfers, which, good for him. He set up a good team. I think the Georgia D-line is just too good. They're not going to be able to do some of the same things they've done. They do a lot of option type. You know, the three people in the backfield, uh, triple option, and then try to throw it. And it worked for them. But Georgia D-line is, is going to obliterate them. I might watch it just for fun. I'm going to have to watch it, at least for the first few minutes, and see what happens. Uh, apparently, that's where game day is going. There's a lot of other good matchups out there this week, I mean, but uh, apparently that's the big one. Uh, I personally would have gone with Ole Miss-Alabama, because I think that's another upset that's on the verge. That was game day a couple of years ago. Georgia-Arkansas is in the uh, often matchup, right, because they're in different East and West. Yeah, well, they also could have gone with Cincy at Notre Dame. but uh, yeah, that's true. But Notre Dame just got one with, against Wisconsin. Oh, is that right? Oh, yeah, but that was at Soldier Field. That wasn't in... Okay, whatever, whatever. Yeah, I guess that is Notre Dame, though. You're right. Um, but no, I think that means there's a lot of good matchups this weekend, one way or another. Um, before we start talking about this, the one last... The matchups for next week. The one last topic I want to hit on. So, you brought this up to me. Do you want to kind of give us the intro about the Mizzou coach's comments about uh, Boston College last week? Yeah, uh, he seemed just to not understand the general ecosystem of college football, to be honest. Um, I, I think he was just upset that the teams they're playing are not ranked and somewhere in an area where they don't recruit or care about. Yeah. I, I don't believe that's true. There's some good football players everywhere. You're going to find them. So, but he was upset. The yeah. Mizzou coach was upset he was playing Boston College because he said, we don't recruit Massachusetts and we're going to them to to potentially you know win or lose but maybe lose and it won't mean anything is essentially what he said yeah no i do to do that he didn't just say it out of the blue i do believe he was asked about you know how he felt about the matchup but yeah he basically came out and said that this matchup means nothing and it's frustrating that we have to go all the way to massachusetts to play this team <laughs> like uh which i don't know like, the first time I listened to it, I kind of didn't think it was that much of an insult. I think he was just kind of saying, like, from Missouri, for for kids, college kids, like, flying from Missouri all the way to 
Massachusetts in the fall is not a fun thing to do. I mean, I, I thought that was where he was coming from. But then the more I listened to it, the more I felt like he was actually kind of shooting a straight diss at Boston College for being a weaker team. But I, I don't know. Yeah, he was kind of whiny about it. Like, I mean, these things get scheduled years in advance, right? Like, we play Notre Dame at some point in the next couple of years. And I know that because that came out a couple years ago. So um, these things get scheduled far out. And in a couple of years, we could be a bottom feeder team and Notre Dame could be a bottom, bottom feeder team and nobody cares about the matchup anymore, right? right. You still got to put them on the schedule and you're, you're hoping that down the line this will be a good matchup for you and for them because it's a, a home and home. So for him to complain about it just doesn't make sense to me. Like, if you're a recruit and you hear that, you're like, okay, <laughs> I don't really want to play for this dude because I'm from Massachusetts. So since you don't want to recruit me, no thanks. It does seem kind of like demeaning to his students and demeaning to Boston College in general. Like, I think... I mean, yep. I, I wish Andrew was here because he's usually the one who has all this information. But I imagine if they went to Boston College, then I'm assuming that Boston College is paying them something to come out there. So he's basically insulting the decision-making of his own school and then insulting Boston College being like, your place sucks. I'm not sure that, that it works like that with the FBS schools. I thought that was just FCS. Like, hey, you're an FCS school, come play us and we'll pay you money. I don't, I don't think the FBS schools pay each other. They just do a home-and-home, home, right? But because uh, FCS, you don't do a home. Like, Georgia Tech wouldn't do a home-and-home home with yeah. uh, some FCS school. You, you pay them money. So, yeah, so I guess that's not how that works. Yeah, that's why I was asking. I didn't know. I thought Andrew would typically know those things, but I don't know. Um, but, yeah, it does seem kind of like uh, just straight-up kind of insulting their decision-making and not making and not taking them seriously as a – opponent or and i mean obviously boston college beat them it took uh overtime but they did do it so i don't know well and like i said these get scheduled way out and then you look at some of the matchups this weekend there were i think six top 25 teams that lost the teams that were unranked and those matchups were scheduled way in advance a lot of them some of them were conference right but others were not conference and you're for example uh oregon ohio state uh, a week or two ago that was set up when oregon was bad (laughs) They had been good, then they got bad, and uh, Ohio State was like, sure, let's set up a a home-and-home. And And then five or six years later, (laughs) Oregon shows up at Ohio State and beats them. It's a big game. You don't know if it's going to be a big game, right? Five or six years ago, they could have been planning to, I don't know, they could have been going on a good good path, and both Mizzou and Boston College could have been ranked going into this matchup. And all of a sudden, you're televised, you're big, you're on TV, and all those things, but he was probably on a, some third-tier network this time. I, I don't know. It actually was. It was on ESPN, so I don't know why he was so upset about it either because it seems like that would be good publicity to me, but maybe uh, I, I don't know. I don't know Mizzou's scenario, what they've got going on at that school either. So, they lost an overtime. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's not like they're a top – I know that they're in the SEC, but it's not like they're a top program in the SEC. So it seems kind of silly that you would be upset over something like that. And it does make you look bad as a coach to just be like, I just don't want to play these guys. Because that's basically what it comes down to. I, I don't know. I do think Boston College, I know the Boston College coach sent a response. I think his response was fine. It was kind of the generic you know, well, we play who's on the schedule, blah, 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 unless I miss something. But, yeah, that was – so I, I guess he handled it professionally. I just find the whole situation uh, ridiculous. Um, but, yeah, I will say I I do agree with him. I would rather not have to play in Massachusetts in the winter if I, if I had a choice in the matter. But, you know, sometimes you don't. Do you have – Artem – Quick, do you have any place that you would rather not play, like, you would rather not go to as a fan if Texas A&M was playing them? Texas. <laughs> okay. I have, zero, I have zero want to go see that uterus stadium. <laughs> okay. I don't know if you've seen it, but they have a longhorn in one of the end zones, and it's, like, slightly off-center to where you can tell. Uh... And it looks, it looks like their players run out of a giant uterus. <laughs> okay. I'm not familiar with that, but I'm going to have to keep an eye out in the future. It's like they're the mascot for the city. 
Okay. Oh. Well, I mean, yeah, the mascot for the team is a longhorn. But yeah, yeah. Uh, a, couple, a couple years ago, they were all walking around campus with dildos, so I'm going to go ahead and pass. I've seen what I need to see in the news. I would say if Georgia Tech wanted to schedule like a home and home with like Hawaii, that would be kind of cool. Uh, that would be cool. I don't know if I'd fly out there. You don't think so? The game. <laughs> I'd be enjoying Hawaii too much to watch the game. Yeah, My just... wife would be like, what are we doing here? Watch football. <laughs> watch football in Texas. <laughs> I mean, there was that game in Ireland a while back, so that was pretty good. But yeah, no, I think uh, maybe if we played Maine, probably wouldn't want to go to Maine. I don't know what's up there. I wonder if the international games have been canceled due to COVID. Uh, I bet they are, but like, we haven't heard anything about any. Wasn't there supposed to have at least one? There was, there was one earlier this year. I forget who the team was. They just moved it to a... They moved it to a neutral site in America, though, right? There was a Week Zero game that was supposed to be played in Ireland. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, well, I think we talked about it, but I, I can't remember what the exact matchup was at this time. Uh, I'll have to look it up. But, uh, yeah, so I guess with that, if you don't have anything else, let's go ahead and get into the picks for the week. Do it. All righty. So, starting off... Uh, I basically copied this and pasted this from my From the Rumble Seat article, so uh, this is going to be... I start off with Georgia Tech for no particular reason, but uh, Pitt going on the road to Georgia Tech. uh, It's weird to think that at the beginning of the season, this would somehow turn into a game that would be important to the uh, results in the Coastal, but here we are. Georgia Tech, of course, looked really, really good last week against a UNC team. They got a lot of pressure on the ball on the quarterback and did some impressive things on both offense and defense. Pitt's been traditionally more consistent. Their quarterback looks like a better pocket passer. Their defense hasn't been there, um, but overall they've had pretty good showings except for their one loss against West Virginia, which was a little rough. Um Obviously, I'm a Georgia Tech fan. I'm going with Georgia Tech. Artem, who do you got in this matchup? I'm going to take uh, Georgia Tech uh, as well. Uh, the catalyst being Gibbs, Jameer Gibbs. I think Pitt hasn't played anybody. They lost to Western Michigan. Um, they put up a lot of numbers, like you said, but their defense is poor. It's at Georgia Tech. You guys have played... Clemson and UNC ranked teams in back-to-back weeks and almost beat Clemson as well. So I think Georgia Tech defense steps up again. Uh, I think you guys keep time of possession and the ball away from Pitt, and Jameer Gibbs has a, a good day. I'm down for it. All right, next up on the list. So Michigan going on the road to Wisconsin. Uh, this one is Wisconsin favored by a point as of the time of our recording. So Michigan, Michigan, Michigan's undefeated so far. And I guess it goes to show what people think of Michigan. Uh, Granted, I think Wisconsin's blowout loss, quote unquote, blowout loss uh, last week against Notre Dame is not as bad as it looked. uh, Considering they were leading that game going into the fourth quarter and then things happened and they lost by like 20 points. Um, But yeah, I think Wisconsin's lost some really tough matchups against good opponents. Uh, They're getting Michigan at home and they've got something to prove. Um, I think I'm siding with Wisconsin on this one. I don't really have a basis for it, Um, but I guess that's what's happening. Artem, who do you got in this matchup? take Wisconsin as well. I think Michigan also has not played anybody. Uh, Western Michigan, horrible Washington team this season. NIU's alright. And then they barely beat Rutgers last week. Yeah. So, I did I did watch the Wisconsin game. They were dominating it and they knocked out uh, their former quarterback. Uh, was it Jeff Coates or something? Uh, for Notre Dame out of the game. So their backup came in and then Graham Mertz just had the worst quarter of his life. I think he threw three or four picks, and he's got six on the season now. So I, I don't think he he does that again. I think they do a better job of calling offensive plays, and I think Wisconsin wins this one. 
Alrighty, I'll take I'll take that one. Next up, okay, so I think we already talked about this. Arkansas going on the road to UGA. Arkansas looks way better than I think anybody expected them to with four wins, but not necessarily. Uh, they've had a lot of luck, let's say, with those wins. And Georgia is looking insanely talented. Um, well, you know my policy, Artem. I can't pick Georgia, so I'm going with Arkansas. But I have a sneaking suspicion that you are going to go with Georgia in this matchup. I'm going with Georgia. They let's go. Let's look at just the average, and uh, they both have had some questionable matchups, including Texas and even for Arkansas. And uh, you know, Georgia has on average scored more points, and on average allowed less points. Their defense and offense have has been better, and they're just more experienced and more talented. So, you know, the line is eighteen and a half for Georgia. So I'm going to go with Georgia. Yeah, that's fair. Um, the next matchup: Louisville at Wake Forest. So we just talked about Wake Forest. They're four four zero. They're really impressive. Louisville, though, I don't want to completely throw Louisville out the window. They've had they had an impressive win against UCF. Their offense has looked good. They've been performing pretty well i think the problem just is that they're going on the road to wake forest and that wake forest unlike a lot of teams in the acc has a very solid defense and i think that that will be kind of the difference in this matchup is that if wake forest can shut down louisville i don't think louisville can stop wake forest from scoring so i'm going to take wake forest if i was going with spread i might take louisville but i'm going with wake forest in this one who you got, Artem? Our old defensive coordinator uh, used to work at Wake Forest and then went to Notre Dame. And then um, his linebackers coach got hired at Wake Forest. So it's a continuation of the same defense. It stresses on stopping the run. And what we saw week one with Louisville playing Ole Miss was uh, when you stop the run, it was very difficult for them to throw uh, Malik uh, Cunningham. It just isn't a good a good passer. He's 85 of 137. It's a low percentage. Um, he, he's, he's a much better runner. Wake Forest is scoring on average more points and allowing half of the points that Louisville is. I, I just don't, you know, I look at Louisville, they played Ole Miss, they lost. Ole Miss is a good team. Eastern Kentucky win. UCF, they knocked out the UCF quarterback, won, and then barely beat Florida State, which is a bottom feeder team this year again. So, I'm going to go with Wake Forest. They're a stronger team. They have a really good defense. All righty. Fair enough. Next up on the list, Arizona State going on the road to UCLA. Um, so, Arizona State's only losses against BYU. And otherwise, they've looked like a pretty solid team. Uh, UCLA lost at home to Fresno State, which made me kind of shake my head. But they've looked pretty dominant in every other game they've played this year, um, even against LSU. Um, I mean, I don't know if that's just bad luck on UCLA's part that they fell to Fresno State, or maybe they've got some hiccups on defense, because it sure wasn't their ability to score that was stopping them. Um, I don't know. This is a tough one for me. I think I have to go with UCLA, though. Um, it might be that they slightly edge it out in the coin flip because they've got home field advantage, but um, I think I've seen some impressive things out of them, at least on the offensive side of the ball, and I think if they continue to develop like this, they are going to be a force in the Pac-12 for years to come. Who do you got, Artem? Yeah, I'm one with you as well. Uh, you know, we, we were high on Jaden Daniels at the beginning of the year. But he just hasn't been himself with only two passing touchdowns and three interceptions. Uh, Dorian Thompson, Robinson, uh, more yards uh, on less attempts, more touchdowns, one interception, and their two top running backs are averaging more yards per carry and more touchdowns. So I think this is a UCLA win by a couple touchdowns. All righty. Next up on the list is the, I guess, the other – one of the three big matchups of the week, the only one that's outside the SEC. So Cincinnati is going on the road to Notre Dame. Um, 
This is one of those where I just kind of look at it. And I'm like, how do you keep surviving Notre Dame? It doesn't make any sense, really. Y'all just keep getting lucky in these games because you've just barely escaped with wins. I think this, it's weird to say this for a Cincinnati team that's coming out of the American. I think this is where Notre Dame's luck runs out, and I think Cincy finally takes it. It'll be a close game, but I expect Cincy to kind of come away with the win in this one. Who do you got? Uh, this may be the only opportunity left on Notre Dame's schedule to uh... – because I don't want to see Notre Dame in the playoff again. They should the bet every time they go. So, go Bearcats. All right. So, we're both taking Cincy. All righty. Uh, next up. So, Boston College at Clemson. Um, why don't you tell me what you think about this matchup, Artem? Because... Uh, <laughs> uh, they have minus 16... Uh, for Clemson, they think they're gonna, they think they're gonna blow up Boston. I don't think so. I'm gonna pick uh, Boston here. I think Clemson's been looking already has two losses, looked poorly in three of their six games or through four games this season, and their starting five star defensive end defensive tackle is out for the season, and their running back is now gonna miss three to four weeks, uh, which is a big deal. That puts a lot of um, it puts a lot on DJ, and he hasn't been the best decision-maker this year either, passing about half the time. Their offensive line just can't handle Boston, honestly. Uh, I think it's going to be a, a boat race. I think it's going to be a lot of points scored, but uh, I'm going to take Boston. Yeah, I think the real problem here is, like, if they had a running back or if their defense was at full strength, I would still have more faith in Clemson. In fact, I don't know why they're getting the spread that they are. It doesn't really make any sense based on what we've seen out of them. But, yeah, I mean, the only hope Clemson has is if their defense is just completely lights out. There's no other opportunity to uh, for them to win this game because DJ – or for DJ – DJ has not shown any sign that he can do uh, what he did last season. And I'm, it's kind of – it's mind-blowing. Um I don't know. I'm really torn because, like, if it was just points, I would be, like, definitely taking Boston College. I definitely don't see the game being as wide a margin as it is. But I'm going to make the last – I'm going to mistake with Clemson for the last time. If they lose this game, I mean, I'm out on them for the rest of the season. It's just – it's so hard for me to wrap my head around a team that is that talented continuing to struggle like they have been, um, especially after what we saw last year, especially in the Notre Dame game by DJ Oyugale. Uh, and I don't know. I don't. I, I really can't put it in the words, man. I, I think you did a better job. Uh, I'm taking Clemson, but that's only because I expect them to win, not to cover the spread, whatever that is. All right, next up, another another matchup that you're familiar with. So, Arnim, why don't you tell us about Mississippi State at Texas A&M? Good God, what, what team is going to show up for both of these teams is the question. <laughs> uh, Mississippi State, like, what the – you know, you can, you can call the officiating poorly all you want in that Memphis game, but if that's the play that changed it all, like, you just didn't play well. And same for A&M against Arkansas. There were some poor officiating calls, but you got to play through those. You're a more talented team. But with both teams, you know, Mississippi State just lost to LSU, and LSU looks like garbage this season. So it just depends. I think the, the Pirates' offense is just not survivable in the SEC. There's too much talent on defense, and he just hasn't been able to build out that talent pipeline. At Mississippi State, I, I think last year he beat LSU and he had a couple bigger wins, but I think that was living off the talent of other coaches, and he's just not. He can't recruit well. I'll be honest. Um, Mississippi State has given us trouble uh, a couple times over the last two years. Um, a lot of that had to do with the their very senior defense. If you remember, uh, at one point they were allowing like seven points a game across ten games. 
and teams are going in being like, damn, I hope you score 10 points because that'll be enough to win. Uh, <laughs> our defense has given up 9.3. Uh, our, our biggest uh, points were against Arkansas, and two of those came off broken plays. Uh, they were pissed off about that, um, even though the offense uh, really is to blame, honestly. So uh, I'm going to take the Aggies here. Uh, I think our defense plays well against Mississippi State. Um, hopefully the offensive line, uh, uh, you know, f- uh, five games under their belt now, half a season. Uh, even the freshmen should be stepping up. Um, and then we just need to take out some decisions from, from our backup quarterback and just, like you said, run the ball with Isaiah Spiller, run the ball with A-Chain, break good runs, and then when they're fucking tired of defending seven runs in a row, play action over the top, beat ball. Um, I, I love watching a football. I'm sorry we lost last week, but I'll be there watching it this Saturday. Aggies. Yeah. I mean, I think this could be a defensive matchup. Uh, I fully expect both teams have really struggled on offense. I don't necessarily know why Texas A&M doesn't just give the ball to Spiller. Maybe that's just my old school mentality, just throw it and drive it down their throats. But, uh, yeah, I think really what it comes down to is this could be very similar to the matchup with Colorado where it's just going to be – a low-scoring affair, and whoever gets to 10 points first ends up winning the matchup. Uh, and, I mean, I think in that kind of matchup, having a home field advantage, especially one like Texas A&M, really does make all the difference. Um, I think Texas A&M is probably going to take this one. It might come down to a couple of missed field goals, but uh, I, I think Texas A&M will come away with this one even if it's more stressful than i I think artem will probably like it being but uh that's that so next up personal picks so for my personal pick i'm gonna take oregon state over washington um just because i think oregon state hasn't gotten the credit they're due they have come out the gate like considering where oregon state has been the past decade this has been a hell of a start to their season. They're 3-1, and one, and they're going up against a Washington team who has just been abysmal. And I think, you know, it really wouldn't be much of a pick, uh, but I think this could be a big win for Oregon State, regardless of how Washington is performing this year. I think it'll be a big, impactful showing for the program and something that they can hang their hats on. So I'm hoping the Beavers can take it to the Huskies. Uh, Artem, who do you got in your matchup? We got Baylor versus Oklahoma State Cowboys. Baylor Bears. Um, the yep. line is negative four for Oklahoma State, so they're predicted to win on their uh, at home. So it's a little bit more than the home field advantage. Uh, and I think that's uh, that's actually what's going to happen. I think Oklahoma State's going to win this one. Um, you know, if you look at the numbers, Baylor's putting up, uh, giving up less points, scoring more points. Um, both in Oklahoma State, so this is a little bit different from the previous picks that I've done, but the only team that uh, Baylor's played is uh, Iowa State. They barely beat them, whereas um, Oklahoma State's had three tough matchups. We've seen Tulsa be a good team this year. We've seen Boise State uh, you know, lose some couple close ones, and then uh, Kansas State, I think, is a, is a good team this year, but <laughs> they're just getting the bad end of both wins, so... Um, I think Oklahoma State's played those three good teams, and they've come out on top. And I think uh, they keep the time of possession. I think they run the ball, um, and I think they beat uh, the Baylor Bears at home. All right. And then finally for our key matchup, our big matchup of the week, Ole Miss going on the road to Alabama. So Alabama, obviously the top team in the nation. Ole Miss coming in at number 12, I believe. Um, Ole Miss has given Alabama a lot of problems uh, over the past five years or so, even before Lane Kiffin took over. Um, Last year it turned into a shootout um, that I think uh, Alabama just barely won. Uh, I think this could be another fun matchup. Even though Alabama gets Ole Miss at home, this is going to be a challenge, uh, I would expect. Uh... (laughs) 
I am an Alabama fan, but you know what? I'm just going to take the fun pick. I think there have been a lot of upsets this year. This is totally gut feeling, has nothing to do with anything. Um, I'm just going to take Ole Miss and say, like, that this is just going to be the year that all hell breaks loose in college football. <laughs> so I'm going to take uh, Ole Miss. Artem, who do you got? This is a tough one. You're right. Uh I don't. The spread says Alabama by fifteen or fourteen and a half. Um, I, I think it's going to be Alabama. I'll be honest. Uh, it, I've learned not to pick against them unless they're playing my Aggies. Uh, and I'm behind you on uh, on picks, so I'm not as daring as you are here. Uh, I, I think Ole Miss makes it fun for three quarters, um, but I, I, Alabama's just got too much talent. It's halfway into the season now. So, like I said, with you know the rookies, the freshmen that are playing, I know Alabama's got some starters that are first-time starters. They got a half season on their belt, plenty of mistakes, which Saban has already corrected or ironed out with a belt. Uh, it's a joke. So, um, well, no, you gotta you, you gotta make a D's so. gotta make a D's nut jokes, man. That's, <laughs> um, they both they both beat an eleven a ranked eleven team, but Alabama beat Florida. And, uh, I do want to touch. So I know it's kind of late in the cast for this, but uh, since we missed uh, last week's, I want to get your opinion. What did you think of the uh, Florida matchup against uh, Alabama? What kind of struck them in the wrong way? It looked like to me, granted I was watching a few different games at the time, it looked like their defense kind of just stopped uh, operating properly. Like it just kind of got lost. And I don't know if that was because Florida figured something out or because – there was just like they just were not uh, meshing properly, or the away fans were kind of causing them problems. What did you What did you think from the Alabama uh, close victory in the swamp? I think it's the same thing every season with Saban. Uh, he's brought in a bunch of new players. Some of them don't understand the scheme or don't understand the system, and it takes a couple of games to you know get it in essentially, and get get that uh, rust off, uh, get those lessons taught, essentially, to those new players. And Saban does a good job of teaching his team up. I think, you know, the further in the season that this game is, the bigger the, the win by Bama, uh, with Florida and Ole Miss, honestly, because they have more experience. So if Alabama had played Florida Week 11 instead of Week 3, I think it would have been a blowout because Florida, just like Arkansas, does not have a quarterback who can throw. <laughs> they are running the ball with quarterbacks that throw the ball 50% of the time. I mean, you leave your best corners on an island and you just let them do work. And I think Alabama was still figuring out some of that. Like I said, they had some new guys to break in. And that's why the game was close. You know, Saban was frustrated, but by now, you know, that was the wrinkle for the season. Now they ironed that wrinkle out. Um they got Ole Miss, SEC play uh, coming back. I think it's an easy one for Saban. I think it's a cruise for Alabama the rest of the way. And Saban's, you know, looking down the college landscape and licking his chops because you got Ohio State and Clemson already lost games, and now he's like, I'm going to play Oregon. Let's do it. I mean, his biggest his biggest challenge is probably Georgia in the east unless uh, Florida just shocks the world at the world's biggest cocktail party. But, yeah, who knows? I mean, I, I don't disagree, but, man, would it be fun if Bama got knocked off, too. Or just add it to the list. Um, All right, then. Uh, I think that's all I got for the rest of the for the rest of this evening. Thanks, thanks, Artem, for joining me. And thanks, as always, to our listeners for tuning in. If you want, send us an email at tomeatleather at gmail.com. Until next time, y'all have a good rest of your week. Good night, everybody. <laughs>